0: This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is going on, team? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking through the glute Training guide, your complete guide to building bigger, stronger glutes. Now, this is originally a blog written by Coach Andrea. So, check the link in the show notes if you'd rather read this than listen to it. All this is laid out template programs, exercise demos. Andrea absolutely crushed this blog. Again, link to that is in the show notes, but I'm going to be talking you through this here as well. Now, on a side note, Shout out to Coach Andrea! If you want to wear, the team is expanding. We have more coaches, and they're for more coaching capacity. Me and Andrea are now working together as a team, and she is currently taking on clients. So, if you've been thinking about coaching with our team and would like to work with someone for a slightly lower rate than me, but just as much knowledge, Andrea is crazy smart. She's been coaching for ten years. Someone that I have coached personally. For a long time myself, and always been incredibly impressed with. Hit the link in the show notes to apply for coaching with us. Mention specifically that you'd like to work with Andrea. And of course, we can talk it through on the call, figure out who's the best fit for you, either Andrea or myself, and we'll work from there. All right, but without further ado, any more shameless plugging let's get into the glute training guide so really building stronger glutes is a necessity not only for an aesthetic physique but for a more powerful fast and athletic body so for aesthetics and performance we could say great glutes are crazy important And really who doesn't want a great body but the problem is most glute workouts focus only on bridging and pumping type movements And that's because doing a lot of these will make you, quote unquote, feel the burn. But you shouldn't be fooled into thinking that that means it's a great workout because you need to create overload over time in order to progress and get enough volume to create a change volume here. We're defining as number of hard sets. We're actually in this case, it's probably better to define it as sets times reps times weight. So for example, if you squat 10 pounds for 10 reps, then you did 100 pounds of volume in that set. And the point here is a bunch of donkey kickbacks and lying leg lifts like you'll see on Instagram may feel hard, they may burn, but you won't be able to add much resistance over time. So in this episode, you'll learn the smartest way to train to finally build the glutes that you've always wanted. All right, now before we dive too deep into it, there are some key terms that you need to know. And this is really going to help you understand how and why we program the way we do for online clients. Key term number one is progressive overload. So really, in order to make progress, you'll need to make sure you're incorporating progressive overload. Progressive overload means you're working harder over time. You can use a variety of different methods to overload. You can make your training harder by either adding weight, adding reps, adding sets, increasing time under tension, increasing range of motion, decreasing rest time, improving form, or lifting weight faster. And really outside of this, there are many methods that we could go about to to add progressive overload, but the key here is there are many ways to accomplish a similar goal, which is doing more over time. Key term number two is volume. Like we already talked about here, we're gonna define volume as sets times reps times weight. So for example, if you lift 50 pounds for two sets of 10 reps, your volume for that exercise on that day is a 1000 pounds. When you hear something referred to as a quote unquote high volume exercise or set, it's usually in a slightly higher rep range, but not so high that we have to use an extremely light weight, which in turn is going to decrease our volume. So here, as far as accumulating a lot of volume in like a single set, there's a sweet spot, typically around eight to 15 reps for compound lifts. And it very much is dependent on the exercises outside of just accruing volume. There's other factors we need to consider here, like biomechanics. So for example, we're probably not going to have you do a set of eight for lateral raises because to also hit your RIR target or to get close enough to failure to actually stimulate muscle growth, um, the heavy, the amount of weight that you would have to use to take that movement to like one rep shy of failure would be so much that we'd likely be incorporating a lot of other muscle groups to lift the weight and we wouldn't actually be effectively stimulating the delts. So some movements don't lend themselves well to like these even like slightly lower rep ranges. Like for example, lateral raises were likely in a program mostly in the 15 to 30 rep range. But the point here is for most compound exercises around eight to 15 reps is kind of the sweet spot where we're using, we're able to accrue a good amount of reps. Whereas like if you're doing sets of one, it takes forever to accumulate a lot of volume whereas if we're doing like let's say we reduce the load by 40 pounds but now we're doing 10 reps overall you can accumulate a lot more volume but again the key thing to know here in this episode is that we're classifying or quantifying i should say volume as sets times reps times weight and then finally intensity so in this case intensity refers to how heavy a set is intensity means load a high intensity lift is usually very low reps a very high weight relative to your strength so this doesn't mean like how hard we're pushing whereas but we can kind of look at generally like the heavier load is in any given rep range the higher intensity will be in both um definitions of the word but again in this case we're just looking at intensity as load all right so now let's dive into glute anatomy and function so before you can build a great backside you need a basic understanding of the different muscle groups of your glutes and how they work see the glutes are a group of three muscles the gluteus maximus the gluteus medius and the gluteus minimus and here's how they work so as far as your gluteus maximus or the glute max for short the glute max is the largest glute muscle hence the name the glute max works to rotate your hip outward, aka external rotation, and thrust your hips forward, which we think of as hip extension. So really think about your hips in a squat or deadlift. You often hear the cue of corkscrew your feet into the floor, or basically think you're twisting your feet and knees outward, and you're thrusting your hips forward at the top of the rep. Both of these movements are the work of your glute max. Next, we have the glute medius, Gluteus medius or glute mead, which is the second largest glute muscle. Now, this muscle is located on the side of your hip and is responsible for moving your leg out away from your body. So, if you can imagine doing something like a side lying clamshell, or basically just imagine you do it a side plank and you lift your top leg up towards the ceiling. This movement is called abduction, and this is your glute med muscle that's doing most of the work. Now, along with abduction, your glute mead also twists your leg inward and then finally we have the gluteus minimus or glute min now like the medius and of course this is the smallest muscle group of the glutes which sits underneath the medius now like the medius its job is to internally rotate your leg which again means twist your leg inward that said even though the glute meat is the smallest glute muscle it still needs to be trained properly in order to build great glutes and really in order to achieve glutes that both look great and keep you functionally strong and injury-free, you need to ensure that you're training all of the muscles of your glutes properly. So as you've probably gathered by this point, for both function and aesthetics, your glutes are super important. They have a role in walking, running, climbing stairs, squatting, hinging, balancing, getting more likes on Instagram, whatever. When you look at an athlete, one of the main aesthetic giveaways is strong-looking glutes. That's because a strong set of glute muscles means you have more power and speed. But the opposite is also true. Weak glutes can mean more injuries, less power, and poor posture. One side effect of weak glutes is a quote-unquote anterior pelvic tilt or lower lower cross syndrome. Now, this is often caused by excessive sitting, which weakens glutes and shortens hip flexors and is worsened by a weak core and tight lower back. Anterior pelvic tilt can make it harder to feel and activate your glutes in exercises, which then exacerbates, exacerbates? I gotta have Andrea not use such hard words here. Um, the pelvic tilt and thus becomes a vicious cycle to pancake butt and back pain. So to get out of this downward spiral, poor posture and glute weakness, you need to learn to quote unquote feel your glutes before moving on to larger movements like the squat or deadlift. So let's start by diving into smart exercises to encourage proper alignment and glute activation before training. And really we could call this section, priming your glutes for growth. So the first thing most online clients do before priming the glutes is stretch the hip flexors. The hip flexor muscles are an antagonist, basically a muscle that contracts while another relaxes to the glutes. So in this case, the hip flexors relax as your glutes contract and can get shortened and tight if you're spending too long in a sitting position. So stretching them out first can allow you a better range of motion without overarching your back during your glute work. And really here, I just like a half kneeling hip flexor stretch for two to three sets of three to five reps per side. I found this works very well. Now here, really cue squeezing your glutes to push the hips forward. Again, as we just talked about, the hip flexors are an antagonist muscle to your glutes. So if you're trying to get your hip flexors to relax and this happening on hip flexor stretch, we wanna really squeeze the glutes, which will force your hip flexor to relax more. Now, once you have your hip flexor stretch and are able to get a good glute contraction without hyperextending or think arching your lower back, then you can move on to priming movements. These get your glutes firing and ready for the main workout. Now, here we're going to talk through three priming movements that we would recommend most of our online clients implement before a glute-focused training session. But really, there are infinite options that you can work in here. This is just to give you some general guidelines to work with. So priming movement number one could be something like a bodyweight glute bridge for two to four sets of 15 to 25 reps. So the bridge is focused mainly on your glute maximus. In this exercise, you start by laying flat on the floor and pressing your low back down into the floor. Now this will posteriorly tilt your pelvis, which as we've talked about, allows for better glute contractions as opposed to being hyperextended, and activate your core, which will keep your pelvis stable. Then drive your hips, or excuse me, drive your heels down through the floor and squeeze your glute muscles hard at the top of the bridge. Primary movement number two could be something like a band monster walk. So here, we're in a standing position, we have a mini band around the knees, or you can put it around your heels if you wanna make them a bit more challenging. Um, but here, you're basically just walking side to side. Now here, you wanna drive off of your plant foot and focus on keeping constant tension in your glutes throughout. And this is gonna warm up your glute medius a bit more. Finally, we can implement some type of core movement like a band pal off press for two to four sets of eight to 12 reps. A movement like this will activate your transverse abdominus or TVA and oblique muscles, which If you remember from the anterior pelvic tilt explanation, are two of the muscle groups responsible for posture and effective glute training. So basically activating these muscles will help you better stabilize your pelvis, which in turn will allow you to better use your glutes in your glute training. All right. And then finally, let's get into actual application here. Science-based training for better glutes. So now that you sufficiently primed your glutes and can feel them working, it's time to actually start training them for growth. If you're doing a training program with a full body or upper lower split, the reality is you'll be working much more than just your glutes in any one training session. So that means you need to know how to program them into your split. And to do that, you need to know the different types of glute exercises. So really, we can divide your glute developing movement patterns into four categories. Hinge, bridge, squat, and abduct. So some examples of good hinging movements for training glutes would be a barbell deadlift, a barbell or dumbbell Romanian deadlift, a stiff leg deadlift, a back extension, a good morning, and a kettlebell swing. And really likely the barbell deadlifts and the kettlebell swings would be as good of options as the Romanian deadlift, stiff leg deadlifts, back extensions, and good mornings. As far as bridges go, some good examples would be A barbell or dumbbell glute bridge, a one leg glute bridge, a barbell or dumbbell hip thrust, a one leg hip thrust, or a frog pump. As far as squat, or we could really interchange squat and lunge here. Very similar patterns, but both are good for training glutes. I would argue that most of the time a lunge is likely going to be more effective for training glutes than a squat. Just because we can play with positioning there a little bit more. Um, We could do, for example, a sumo back squat. dumbbell or barbell lunge a dumbbell or barbell step up a dumbbell or barbell bulgarian split squat or a reverse lunge variation the latter two especially i really like for glute development and then we have abduct so here we have things like the hip abduction machine or the good girl bad girl machine we have the band seated abduction clamshells monster walks and cable abductions so To adequately work the glutes in each plane of movement, you need to include each of these four movement patterns across your training week. So let's go ahead and put all of this together in a sample training program. Let's say that you came to us for coaching and you want a program designed for you. So after going through a detailed call and questionnaire, we determine your goal is aesthetics and you especially want to focus on growing your glutes. So you have four days a week to train. So we'll give you an upper lower split most likely we could go either full body or upper lower, but with the main focus of growing glutes, we wanna give you some extra glute work on your upper body days as well. One of my favorite strategies to implement for online clients that are really trying to focus on glute growth. So here, a full week's training might look something like this. Okay, so day one, we're gonna be hitting lower body. Your primer is gonna be something like a banded hip thrust for 15 to 20 reps supersided with a side plank rotation for eight to 10 reps per side, supersided with an explosive kettlebell swing for eight reps. Then you're gonna go into a sumo deadlift for four sets of five, followed by a goblet squat for three sets of 10, followed by step back lunges for three sets of 10, followed by clamshells for three sets of 25 each way, supersided with leg extensions for three sets of 15. Now on Tuesday, we're gonna be training upper body. So here, of course, we'd prime like we normally would for an upper body, um, more horizontal focus push day, so something like a cable face pull, superseted with a power press, superseted with a bent over chest throw. Then we go into something like a bench press, superseted with a barbell row, a dumbbell overhead press, um, a one arm dumbbell row, and then we would end this session with glute focus back extensions, so something like three sets of 15 to 20. And superset that with band monster walks, something like three sets of 30. So here, even though we're training upper body dead upper body, again, we're still training glutes and we're hitting the hinge and abduct patterns. That said, you'll notice that how we loaded glutes on the first day of the week, we were overall creating a lot more stress. We're using movements that we could load much heavier. So for example, sumo deadlifts, goblet squats step back lunges, and then we had kind of a lighter pump or abduction movement with our clamshells. That said, on this upper body day, we're focusing on movements that aren't gonna create a lot of stress on any other area of the body. So for example, we're not gonna be doing Romanian deadlifts today, which would still be a relatively taxing movement. Instead, for our hinge pattern, we're gonna plug in a glute-focused back extension, which is very little, if any, stress on the spine but still really allows us to hit glutes and hamstrings hard, which hamstrings are another important part. The hamstring tie-in is another important part of building glutes to look great, so you shouldn't just focus on glutes and neglect hamstrings. All right, then day three, going be going back to lower body. So here again, we're gonna prime you with something like a one-legged bridge for 10 to 15 reps per side, superseded with a half-kneeling cable row, and a side plank. From there we could go into something like a glute-focused leg press for four sets of eight to 12, followed by a barbell hip thrust for four sets of 10 to 15, followed by a Bulgarian split squat for something like three sets of eight to 10 per side. And then we could finish off the training day with something like cable kickbacks for three sets of 15 to 20 per side, superseded with frog pumps. So here again, we've hit two hinge patterns we've hit a squat slash lunge pattern and we have hit abduct and really after this training day your glutes are going to be smoked and then finally for day four again we're training the upper body here so we could do something like a barbell overhead press variation a t-bar row um, some type of incline or horizontal press supersetter with another row or pull down variation then we'd likely add a little bit of isolation for the upper back and rear delts with something like. Um, a dumbbell back fly or cable face pull. And then again, we're gonna hit your glutes to finish things off. But we want st- stress to be a bit lower here. We want these to be less taxing movements. So we could do something like a cable pull through for three sets of 12 to 15 reps, supersetted with a seated hip abduction for something like three sets of 20 to 30 reps. Now, in your training program now, you've worked each movement pattern in a variety of rep ranges across the week. There are high-volume, low-intensity exercises, as well as high-intensity, relatively low-volume exercises. Higher-volume exercises are things like the step-back lunges, for example, where we could very well be getting 20 total reps. And you're listening for high enough reps that, in simplest terms, you're going to be just shaky, hella tired, and you're going to be feeling the burn after. But a high-intensity exercise could be something like the sumo deadlifts. Where you're lifting a very heavy for each rep, but only lifting four to five reps per set, including both in your training program will help you both build strength and build muscle, which for women and men alike is key to aesthetics. Now, as always with online clients, we also want some type of progression scheme implemented here. So I would start the meso cycle, start the training phase with something like two to three reps left in the tank each week across a four to six week mesocycle, we would likely decrease that, basically decrease your proximity to failure, get closer and closer to failure across the mesocycle as weeks decrease, which also means you should be adding a rep or adding a bit of load weekly on a set-by-set basis. So, okay, week one, set one of this movement, what load and what reps did I hit? Okay, so week two, set one of this movement, I should be pushing to either add one rep or add or more if possible within your RIR target. So like, let's say last week, the goal was three RIR. This week, the goal is two RIR. So that tells me with the same load, I should be able to add a rep and across your entire meso cycle. So again, typically a four to six week training phase, We're pushing you to progress that. And again, this is the beauty of coaching. We literally look over your notes to make sure you're following progression schemes properly. You're pushing yourself. This is also often why we have clients shoot us form videos to make sure also that, okay, if this says one RIR, one rep left in reserve, you are truly hitting one RIR. And even for me personally, this is one of my favorite things about having a coach. It holds me accountable. It keeps me honest with myself. Am I truly pushing to the extent that I need to to make the progress that I want? And in a nutshell, that's how you grow strong and powerful glutes. You prep for the movement first, then use the correct frequency and intensity for each type of movement and train your glutes in each movement pattern. Now, if you need a fully customized training and nutrition plan and expert coaching through the process of building your best body composition ever, click the link in the show notes to apply for coaching with our team. All right, guys, that is all I have for you today. Thank you for tuning in.